Hey everybody, before we dive into our very special Top 50 Songs of 2016 podcast, just wanted to give a quick reminder to give us a follow on Twitter, at ListenInPod. We have all kinds of fun music banter on there. We give updates about when new episodes are coming out with links. And uh, yeah, sort of do everything else you do on Twitter. Mix it up, as it were. Let's start the show. Listening podcast, best songs of the year episode 2016. We're coming at you. It's episode 51. We've taken a bit of a hiatus here, but we're coming back strong for for best best songs of the year, Jake. We were just taking a break to to come correct for this episode and for the subsequent ones. Um, We are doing our top 50 songs of the year this episode. Uh, Next week, we're doing our top 50 albums of the year. And the week after that, we're going to do a fun sort of recap of 2016 in music. So we had a lot to get ready for, not a lot to talk about other than that for the past couple of weeks. So we figured that if we got a couple good podcasts ready for December, a few weeks off wouldn't hurt the listeners here or there. Yeah, we we had to take some time. We had to put our list together. We yeah. had to rank some things. We had to look our fa- ourselves in the mirror. We had to take a hard look in the mirror. Jake. I had to take a look in the mirror and say, you know, who am I? Who you know? Why what? am I here? <laughs> What was this year in music? And that's a great question, and we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into the songs this year. One of the things that I think we could have talked about quickly over the last few weeks was a lot of the end of the year lists have come out. Yep. Here's my gripe with them. They come out too early. They start coming out that week after Thanksgiving. It's still November. There's another month of music to be had still. Yeah. So did you see on one list, and this is something I've long sort of wondered about, I saw, it wasn't a, technically a best of, but Fader did a list of, like, albums that helped redefine the genre or whatever. It kind of just read, like, a best of the year list. Yeah. But they had that Archie Marshall album on it from last year, which came out last <laughs> okay. December. This, and so th- yeah. that's the thing is, like, should people start doing that? Should the year in music just be, or should we just push these lists to January? Because I understand on one perspective it's like this is... For a lot of the publications, it's like, let's push this out. It's good. People look forward around Christmas. Yeah. Holidays are coming up. People are going to have time to read these. Yeah. And, you know, it, it makes sense around this time. But like you said, you cut out all of December pretty much. I've noticed that too. Um, I noticed that Pitchfork included, they came out with a list of just best rap albums. It was just alphabetical. It wasn't ranked or anything. But they included that Pusha T album. King Push. King Push, Darkest Before the Dawn. Which we had on our Discovered list. Exactly, for last from, year. Right, that's what, yeah. That's that. right. Because it came out in 2015. They included that in 16. And I think there was something, it was the same deal with that D'Angelo Black Messiah album. It came out very, very late 2014. And it was on last year's list. And it list. was on last year's lists. So, it, it, you know, it uh, it kind of bothers me. On, me too. On like a probably neurotic level. But um, I I can see why they have to do it. I I guess I don't necessarily fully understand why they can't do lists in January. I think part of the reason is people are over. They're like page, done with it's it. All, it's all page views. I think they're striking while the iron's hot. Exactly, because by the t- by January fifth, twenty seventeen, no one's like hankering for a look down memory. They're lane all of looking ahead to the next year, and I think this is a very interesting time of the year where you have just had Thanksgiving. 
there's a little bit of a dead zone of a few weeks before Christmas really starts ramping up. Yeah. And that's the perfect time to release all of these lists. I think you're going to maximize page views. I think that's why they end up doing it. Let's just call the music year then December to December instead of January to January. That's music's fiscal year. Yeah, it's the fiscal year. Yeah. For music. Yeah. Um, Hey, I'll get on board with that if we start the uh, the revolution, so as as it were. That's right. That's right. That's we, for us we might to have do. to do that. So here's the thing: is for this week, we're not talking albums. That's next week. That's we gave next ourselves week. another week's buffer That's to try right. to get as much music in as we can before uh, we do albums, because you never know what might come out. That's right. Um, but we did do songs, and I feel like that is a little safer. So what I was wondering is. I don't remember doing a songs list last year. We did, we do not it? do a songs list last year. So what did you find to be different about ranking albums or ranking songs? Which is easier in your mind? S- ranking songs is a lot harder. Okay. It's a lot harder. I be- agree with because you. Because it is not... It's Albums are, in my mind, a statement. They're a piece of art. They're a longer artistic form mm-hmm. than a song is. Songs, I think, and my opinions on songs change day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. I might like a song more than another song, and 20 minutes later, I might like that other song more. It's really, really hard to rank individual songs, also because there's so many songs on individual albums themselves that are all great. And it's hard to rank even songs on albums, let alone songs against songs. Different genres are very hard to rank against each other. How do you rank a Kanye song versus um, a modern baseball song? It's it's yeah. almost impossible. So for that reason, it was a lot harder to come up with my top 50 songs list than it has been for me doing albums. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was thinking that ranking songs was harder, and I think it's partially what, it's what you said. It's that an album is a statement, and when songs are just a piece, with an album... Like, there might be songs I love off an album that won't rank that high, yep. and vice versa. Like, maybe an album... Like, a good example for me would be uh, of the of the inverse of that situation is, like, uh, the Hotelier record. There's not a lot of songs on that album where I'm going to, like, rank it really high, personally. But that album will rank pretty high for me. Mm-hmm. So it's a different thing doing songs from albums because there's more time for an artist to say what they need to say. I think a songs list like this, I don't know how much it shows up on ours... But I think maybe I've noticed on some critics' lists, it allows more wiggle room for the pop yeah. artists of the world Big and people time. who are Big less time. album people. Perfect example for that for me, it's it's the inverse of what you just said. Rihanna, I didn't love Anti that much. I didn't necessarily either. There are a couple songs in there I really like, and one of them you'll see on our list is Higher. I love that song. That one ranked high, and I think you're right. The pop artists, they rise to the top on these song lists more so than the albums. Yeah, and it was an interesting experience for me. I had never done it before, and uh, yeah, I, I hope it went all right. I'm interested to see what the listeners think. This was my first, honestly, first crack at ranking songs from a year. Yeah. It took forever yeah. to do, because I looked through my tome of albums lists, like all the albums I listened to this year, and from each one, I was pulling like three, four nominees yeah. from like most of the albums I really liked. I was like, okay, that could be on there, that could be on there. So I had a list of almost two hundred songs, yeah, or more. And I like from there, I there was another cut process where I like pulled songs from there into another list with sort of a loose ranking this time. Yeah. And then I went through and I would go from the top down. I was like, do I really like this song better than this one? If so, keep it where it is. If not, switch them. 
What was your method? For me, what I did, it made it a little easier on me. Throughout the year, I have a playlist in Spotify just called Best Songs of 2016. Yep. And as I encounter songs that I really like, um, I make sure that I put those in the playlist. So that starts January 1. <laughs> so when I when I encounter an album on you know February 6th, I'm like, oh, I really like this song from it. That's going in the playlist. So by the time the end of the year hits, it is a nice aggregate of all of the things that I've liked throughout the year. So I don't have to go through that exercise of saying, what did I actually like? It also helps with those songs that didn't appear on albums that were just one-off singles. Like Father John Misty, Real Love Baby is a great example. Yeah. Rostam, Gravity Don't Pull Me, great example. These were just one-off songs that might get lost in the shuffle when they're not on an album, and you can't go back and say, okay, what albums did I like? What songs did I like on each? So it really helps with that kind of thing. Um, and but, that's what was scary for me, was it felt like there was way more cracks to fall through yeah. than on albums. Because yeah. I, I documented the albums really carefully. Yep. But I didn't do as good a job throughout the year yep. of documenting the songs as you did. I will probably do the same thing you what, did this what's year. What's great with that years. is make the playlist, and when you're not in the mood to listen to a certain album or something, just shuffle that playlist. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm getting a good mix here. Yeah. And you start to get to know those songs better. So yeah. by the time the end of the year rolled around, I was like, I absolutely know what some of my favorites are. It and they had been, yeah. It was pretty easy to make my top 10. The rest was what was hard in ranking that. Because I was like, I know there's 10 songs that I've been listening to all year that I love. Mm -hmm. It's harder to rank the rest. But that's what the playlist helped with. Yeah, I, I think once I figured out my process, the hardest part was figuring out my process. Because mm -hmm. I just had this unwieldy list at first. And I was like, well, what the hell do I do with this now? Like, how do I even begin? Because what's scary then is you have this long list in a spreadsheet, alphabetized pretty much. Of art, like by artist or whatever, because I think I filtered it or whatever. And then I was like, I have to make my way through this. And as the list, as you're filtering songs out of that list into a smaller list, you're like, this is still too long. Yeah. And I yeah. started to freak out about that. Finally got it cut down. I actually ended up ranking like 125 songs. It's a lot of songs. Uh, lot. 70 of which we factored into this, a lot. To this countdown. So let's talk about our process for this. So both Jake and I ranked about 70 ish songs. Mm -hmm. um, and what we did is. If we ranked it number one, that got 50 points. If we ranked it number two, it got 49. And so on and so forth until we got down to number 50, which got one point. So we basically just inversed the score for the ranking. So say in theory that we picked the same number one song, which we didn't. But say we had, that song would be given 100 points. Right. 50 from each. Right. And, and then we and averaged so those two. Yeah. And we came out with our average score. So, for example, if Jake and I both picked the same number one song, that would have gotten 50 points each. We would have divided that by two. It would have averaged a 50 overall. Right. So what we did is we just aggregated our two scores, and we averaged them out, and then that ended up being our total ranking together. Now, I will say the songs on here are very specific to our taste in music. Um there was a lot of similarities with our lists. They weren't ranked exactly the same, but we had a lot of the same inclusions. This might not be the case for you. So if you don't like our top 50, or if you think it's not inclusive of other genres or other artists that you really like, we understand that. That's totally fine. This is just what we thought was our favorite 50 songs of the year. Uh, and we're going to count those, count those down for you. Right now. Probably right now. Yeah, let's do it. Probably jumping right in. Uh, so I'm going to start off with number 50. And we're going to go rapid fire. It's going to be rapid this. fire until we get down to probably about the top 15 or top 10-ish, just mm -hmm. for the, the sake of time. So 
Uh, number 50 is Lazarus by David Bowie off of his album Black Star that was released right before he died. I think Lazarus was a, uh, a great send-off and, and really touched on a lot of the themes um, of death that that album was, was full of. Number 49, Hamilton, Lighthouser, plus Rostam. Hamilton and Rostam with The Morning Stars. Uh, one of many songs on that album that could have potentially uh, ranked highly on this list. There were a couple albums like that where I felt like I could have picked any number of songs. Definitely. Uh, number 48, we have Frank Ocean with White Ferrari. Nice little Beatles reference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, spending each day of the year. Uh, beautiful song off of Blonde. Number 47, we had Jank. Um, most of the Jank entries on this list are... What song? Uh, Versace Summer. Uh, and this is the concluding song on their Versace Summer EP. The longest song on the on the album. Uh, sort of an ode to summer, I think, mm-hmm. and summer vacation. Number 46, we got Rihanna, Higher. This is one that I mentioned before. Uh, I think this is a standout from Anti. Work is the one that everybody knows. Higher, I think, is... One of the best vocal performances of the year. Rihanna's voice sounds raw as hell on this. It's just two minutes. It's her basically just wailing with a minimal, minimal beat and kind of um, instrumentation on the back. Really great song. Yeah, I gave that another listen today. I really liked it. Number 45, Pine Grove with Cadmium. Uh, I don't remember what number this is on the album. It's one of my favorites from that record. Uh, just listen to the whole Pine Grove record, people. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. album. Number 44, we got Pup with Doubts. This is just one of many songs that are just, like, bangs hard. Uh, number 43, Car Seat Headrest, 1937, State Park. Uh, Death is playing its xylophone ribs for me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, number 42, we got Leonard Cohen, You Want It Darker. Speaking of death, this was a great send-off for Leonard Cohen, just like it was for Bowie with Lazarus. Number 41, we have Mitski with your best American girl, probably the most intense, climactic sound and song on her album, Puberty 2. Definitely. Number 40, we got The 1975 with The Sound. Uh, On an album that was, I think, uh, mixed, mixed reactions from a lot of people, this, I think we can all agree, was one of the standouts. Great pop song from 2016, The Sound. A fine pop hit. Number 39, Big Thief with Paul. Um, sort of a laid-back, smooth beat and just a nice hook in the chorus on this song. Check out Big Thief. Definitely. Number 38, we got Whitney with No Matter Where We Go. One of many of the soothing 70s-style summer songs that we got from Whitney this year, No Matter Where We Go. Uh, turning a whole new leaf here at 37, <laughs> we have time. Kevin Gates with two phones. <laughs> Uh, one for the trap or one for the plug? or what, what, One for the plug or one for the load, yeah, sorry. One for the load in this case. I, I So <laughs> for me, this is one of the party songs of the year, if not the party song of the Definitely. year. One of the like the best sort of party rap songs I've ever heard. Awesome song. Number 36, we have Beyonce, All Night. This one was the penultimate song off Lemonade and one that really uh, stuck with me throughout the year. This is one I would go back to a lot. All um, Night. It, it, yeah, great song. Uh, number 35, Jank with Chunk, parentheses, cool enough. Um, there, there I go reading uh, <laughs> punctuation again. Um, this was my favorite song on the Versace Summer EP. Great. Uh, number 34 was Lost, parentheses, season one by Camp Cope. Uh, this Australian band debuted this year. Uh, one of my favorite new artists of the year. 
heartfelt lyrics. Uh, great song. Number 33, Whitney with Golden Days. Um, arguably the prettiest song on the album? Yeah. I don't know. It, you could make that argument yeah. about a lot of the Whitney songs. Yep. Great record. Definitely. Number 32, we have Tegan and Sarah, BWU, stands for Be With You. Uh, ah. Great song here about I Don't Need a White Wedding. I feel like this is a song that should be parentheses White Wedding. I agree. Because that's how I, I, I know I agree. It. That's I agree. Very, very catchy. Ooh, I get two from this guy. 31, we have Kevin Gates with Hard For. You the only one that my dick could get hard for, says Kevin Gates to to God knows who. Um, give this song a listen, because I God knows I can't do it justice. Definitely. Uh, number 30, we have DVP by Pup. This one rips hard. Red Hawaiian fruit punch, Jake. Number 29, Frankie Cosmos, Embody. This is the other album I'm thinking of when I say there were um, albums where it was tough to pick specific songs. Because Frankie Cosmos, there were so many short, pithy, quick, Impossible. hooky songs. This was just one of my favorites, one of your favorites. Impossible. That's why it gets here. Definitely. Uh, number 28, we have Nick Cave, Skeleton Tree. So this album, heartbreaking on a lot of different levels. Skeleton Tree caps it off really nicely. Um, number 27, The Hotel Year with Two Deliverances. Um, I think the standout track on an album that saw The Hotel Year taking artistic and sort of stylistic leaps. Number 26, we have Bonnie Vare. 29, number symbol, Stratford Apartments. One of my favorite vocal performances and or vocal manipulations of the year. Towards the end of this song, I get goosebumps every time. If you've heard this song, you know what I'm talking about. That's right. Number 25, Radiohead, Burn the Witch. This was how we all knew Radiohead was back. They released this as a single with a, that haunting music video. It's one of the best songs on a moonshape pool. Number 24, we have Drake with One Dance. This song was a mega hit this year. It was everywhere. You couldn't do anything or go anywhere without hearing it. One of my nominees for, for song you're most likely to hear at a party. Uh, number 23, Weezer with California Kids, the first song off of their new album. I think it's called The White Album, or just called Weezer. Um, awesome song. I think of it as a combination between uh, Say It Ain't So and Buddy Holly. Number 22, we have Have a Heart by Symbols Eat Guitars off their new album Pretty Years. This was the lead single off of it. Really did the album justice. Got me excited to listen to it. Number 21, we have 22, Over Soon by Bon Iver. Um, the first song off of the new album, uh, the first single released from Justin Vernon for the new Bon Iver record. Uh, this is a, a haunting song with beautiful vocal performances that stuck with me ever since I heard it. Number 20, another Bon Iver song, 715 Creeks. This is Bon Iver, Justin Vernon, just doing kind of his auto-tuned vocals here. Really nothing else on this song. Um, kind of gives me goosebumps every time I hear it, actually, just like some of the other ones on that album. Great moments on it throughout. It really is. Beautiful. Number 19, Kanye West with Ultralight Beam. Is it Ultralight Beam or Ultralight Beams? It's Ultralight Beam. Okay. Um, awesome, awesome song on a good but probably sort of uneven record by Kanye. It's messy. It's messy. Um, I think a lot of critics liked it better than us overall. Still really liked it. Uh, Chance the Rapper's verse on this is probably the highlight of the album for me. Definitely. Number 18, we have Frank Ocean, Ivy. Jake, it's quite alright to hate me now. Uh, the second song off of Blonde sticks with me. Number 17, we have Car Seat Headrest with Destroyed by Hippie Powers. 
Um, one of the harder hitting songs on Will Toledo's second full length album, uh, or second studio album, I mm. should say. Um, definitely a highlight off of Teens of Denial. Number 16, we have another Frank Ocean song, Solo. Uh, Bulls, uh, Matador, duel- Bulls and Matador <laughs> dueling in the sky, Jake. Uh, this is probably the consensus pick for maybe best song on this album, mm. although we got another one coming up. Stay tuned. Another heavy hitter. Number 15, uh, James Blake with Bonnie Vare or Justin Vernon of Bonnie Vare with I Need a Forest Fire. Um, really beautiful harmonies on here between Justin Vernon and James Blake uh, on a really catchy beat. Sort of, I don't know, sort of like a weird beat on this with like a vocal manipulation going on. Really cool. Uh, number 14, we have um, a song that's special to me. This was my favorite song of the year. Um, David Bowie with Black Star. So I put this at number one. Um, so it got 50 points from me. And for me... Um, Black Star was a special album. Bowie was obviously a special artist. We did a whole podcast, which is, I think, I don't know if you'd agree, Sean, I think it was the first podcast we did where I really felt like we are starting to, like, I really like doing this. I think it's important that we continue to do it. Um, And, yeah, just on a record of a lot of songs I love, and just the sound of this song, it's like, is it ten minutes, eight minutes? It's It's like eight, eight and a half, yeah. It's really long, and there's like two distinct parts. Um, and just some beautiful vocal performances on here by Bowie and um, really weird instrumentation it just showed how much he was experimenting up until the very end end. absolutely Um, and so that was why it was my favorite song of the year I think it kicked off an amazing album pretty perfectly I totally agree coming in at number 13 we had Lucy Dacus Strange Torpedo I think this is the highlight of a very excellent album that has been shooting up the rankings for me as the year winds down. Uh, number 12, we have Just Another Face, the closing track off of Modern Baseball's new album, Holy Ghost. Um, definitely a highlight of Bren's side of the record. Sort of an emotional catharsis, I'd say. Coming in at number 11 uh, is another Modern Baseball song. It's Apple Cider, I Don't Mind. That was the first taste of the new modern baseball album that we had coming in 2016 i think just another face and apple cider i don't mind are neck and neck for for my favorites on there we both rank them pretty uh closely obviously yeah um you know i think apple cider i don't mind both of us listened to that song a ton this year just as a single and then again as on the album yeah um it really? was tough for me to pick which one I liked. More. Me too, and in in the end, I think you know they were both very very close for me. I um I personally went with uh just another face, one above apple cider. Okay, yeah, and I went with apple cider three above just another face. So yeah. it was really close. We both had them. We awarded each of them in the thirties for points. Yep. So. Yep. That was a very. And with that, we've reached our, We're top, into our 10. top ten. So we can hit the brakes a little. Well, we'll slow down. I think we did a good job, kind of. Well, yeah. Going through that all. Um, well, so yeah. Before we get into this top ten, I just want to say, we do have a playlist of all of these songs mm. on Spotify. Um, if you just search for "Listen In Podcast" on Spotify, you'll find it. It'll be our uh, top fifty songs of twenty sixteen. We got a lot of other playlists on there. We have some like. Best album closers, best album openers. We got a lot of different playlists that we're starting to do as we do more episodes. So check out Listen In Podcast on Spotify, and you can listen to all these songs if you aren't familiar with any. 
Um, maybe we should tweet out the list too. I will, we're we're gonna share it out. We'll I, share it out a lot. Uh, and, and you know, follow us on at Listening Pod on Twitter. On Twitter, I could do like a notes thing in my phone or whatever. Yeah, or I don't know how we could. Yep. Yeah, that's probably the best attach way. Attach the link to the spreadsheet or something. Mm-hmm. But that would be kind of heavy. So here's the thing. Do you want to alternate again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do the top ten. Yeah, let's let's do that. So um, I'll start this it off. Is big. We, we got. I have goosebumps. We got. I don't. I don't have goosebumps. Coming in at I number. I can feel feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad, Jake. Um, coming in at number ten here, we got Frank Ocean, "Self Control." This is the highest ranking Frank Ocean song we have on our list. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, the the longer I've spent time with Blonde, the more I've listened to that album, the more "Self Control" has just risen to the top as one of the best songs on there. Yeah, it was. It's always been a favorite for me. That's why it, it's represented in the list. It ended up being. It looks like my fourth favorite. Yeah. If that's 47 points. Yeah, fourth yeah. favorite on, on the list. Um, I, something about this song clicked for me immediately when I heard it back in August when the album came out. It was, which seems crazy that that was August. I know. And we're here in December. It's been that long. Um, I love the vocal performance on this. Um, the overall vibe of the song is very relaxing through the whole thing, very laid back. And then there's that awesome part where it picks up later on and there's those huge vocal harmonies that sounds like Frank, a few of his voices sort of on a few tracks being spliced together in some phaser or something. It sounds really, really cool. And it's just stuck with me all year. And I, I gave this album a, another listen the other day. I, it's going to be really hard to keep this out of my top one. <laughs> me too. I'll say that. Me too. I'll say that. Me too. I, uh, I, I recently had a long car ride. Uh, coming back from the White Mountains. Something of, Frank of, would associate of with. Of New Hampshire, yeah. He talks absolutely. a lot about driving. He does. He, he actually has kind of an obsession with cars. He's yeah. always talking about like that that Acura, you know. Is and it, his Spotify picture is him with like a Lambo, right? And he has on that like... Yeah, yeah. That, like Basically the same suit, suit that Frank has on in Always Sunny. That's right. In the Christmas that's episode right. when he gets Dennis a car. That's right. Yeah, he, he name drops Acura. There's a song called Skyline 2 on here. Skyline is, of course... Uh, I think it's a Nissan oh, car. Didn't realize it's that. Skyline. That's a song right after Self Control. Yeah, right? yeah. So I had a long car ride coming back from the White Mountains. I was listening to this, and uh, Self Control really, really hit me on that ride. Where I was like, you know what, this song, it's fucking awesome. I know we we mentioned that Ivy and Solo and White Ferrari made it onto another car reference, made it onto our list previously, but. You know, I like that self control made it into our top ten. I like that this one is the representative of of blonde. Yeah, I do too. Um, something about this song, man, and maybe it, I don't know if other people are talking about it as much. I feel like, like I don't you said, think they are. I think it's Solo and Ivy and Nike. You Nikes. Know what, you know what else it is? Is uh, Pink and White or whatever that song's called, the third track. That's is, the most popular. Is it on Spotify. just because Beyonce is featured on there? I don't know. I you can't. Can you even hear it that well? You barely can. This so I listened for it hard on my listen when I was in the car, and it is actually if you're listening for it, you can definitely hear her. Oh, okay. She's just doing like an ah kind of thing. Ah, okay. Not doing it justice, obviously, but um, she's not actually like singing words. Really, it's more okay. of just kind of like a harmony. Honestly, that's right in line. I love that Frank, though... He's like, I have Beyonce on a track. I'm not going to put her front and center. I'm going to put her in the back where you wouldn't even know it's That's what I'm saying. What what I love about Frank is he has this vision and it's unyielding. He's like, look, 
You could be Beyonce or you could be Joe Blow from down the, in the corner store. Right. If you're a feature on my album, you're a part of the vision and no one's bigger than anything. That's right. That Except whole, for Andre 3000. You know, who gets a feature. He loves Andre. Uh, yeah, With, big time. You know what? And Andre, for a reason. He kills it on, he on Frank's album. Yeah, he does. On both Pink Matter from Channel Orange and on... Quick uh, sidebar. Solo. Do you like Solo or Pink Matter better? Pink Matter. I like Solo better. I think I like Pink Matter. I think Pink Matter is... <sighs> I like his verse on Pink Matter a little okay. better. I can't. Little I, better. I, I, hey, either one you pick, you can't go wrong. I like Solo a little better. When I listen to, I know we're not talking albums, but really quick, when I listen to uh, Blonde now, it still holds up. I love all the songs, and I just love the experience of it. That album, I'm pretty sure, it had mostly positive, but some mixed reviews early on. I think a lot of that's going to go away. I agree. It's just going to be remembered as like pretty Agreed. genius. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So I'm up here. We got number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Um, car Seat Headrest making an appearance in our top ten with Drunk Drivers, Killer Whales. Um, probably the best song on the album. I don't know if it was ranked highest for me. I think 1937 State Park was for me. Yep. Um, so what's interesting about this song is it was actually my third ranked of the year. It was my third favorite song of the year when it was all said and done. For a long time, I would have told you that Destroyed by Hippie Powers was my favorite song from this album. Yep. And I was wondering about that. Going back, I, you know, I was like, you know what? No. No. This song, Drunk Drivers, Killer Whales, was the first Car Seat Headrest song that I heard. It was way back in probably February or March. I was living at my parents' house. I remember being in my parents' basement. Where we used to record the pod. That's right. Big I, shout out to Tim and Michelle. Back to that basement. And I put this song on. I was like, yeah, I've been hearing good things about this Car Seat Headrest, whatever. I'll check it out. And I was like, Fuck, this song's awesome. Yeah. Immediately went into my best songs of 2016 playlist, listened to it a ton before the album even came out. I think it suffered a little bit from that syndrome of you listen too much before it actually comes out, and then once it does, it you don't enjoy it as much. But as the year went on, I was like, you know what? No, th this song's amazing. Really, really good. It Honestly, I think it took us going to see Car Seat Headrest and seeing that song live where I was like, this is the crown jewel of this album. Awesome experience to see him live. Um, well, them live. Um, because I thought live the guitar player played a bigger role mm. as like a backup singer. Mm -hmm. um, but what I was going to say is that what has continually resonated with me about Drunk Drivers, Killer Whales, is how earnest it is as a song. Yeah, You don't hear a lot of artists, especially in rock, being willing to go stand out on a limb and just be like earnest about an issue where it, it's kind of corny. Yeah. Like he's like, listen, don't drive drunk. Like don't do it. And honestly, for the longest time when I first listened to it, I was like, is he poking fun at something here? Is he not being totally genuine or serious? He could be. I, I honestly, I've come around. I, th I think he's just be like, don't drive drunk. I think he is. It's not too. worth it. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know what he'd be making fun of. That's right. the thing is like, what is he satirizing? Like people who, don't drive drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. what would he be satirizing? I also remember we had this discussion when this album came out. Are killer whales cars? I that's what it has to be, right? I that's what it's I was thinking. Be. We mentioned that on a podcast. Yeah. I think it's an interesting theory that because like why else would he be singing it? Yeah, I think it has to big be. ton like or two ton metal things. Yeah, 
interesting really interesting song from from an interesting I, uh, I like how it starts off very quiet and then it ends up be, turning into like a, a a ripper of a rock song it really really builds nicely it does um yeah i i think it's even though i didn't pick it as my favorite i think honestly what happened with 1937 state park for me is the death is playing its xylophone ribs for me bit leading into the chords crashing back in yep. that's what carried that song it's one of those situations where weirdly I know this one's better. Like yeah, I, I know what I, you mean. And that's how I feel about Hippie Powers is yeah. I know this song's better. <laughs> but you know, I might have listened to Hippie Powers more. Dude, with Hippie Powers, I can't ever help not, ever since I made that stupid joke about Hippie Powers being my <laughs> uncle oh, because God. my mom's name is Powers. And so I, all my relatives on that side are Powers. When I hear Hippie Powers, it sounds like it's <laughs> right. like this uncle that got disowned from my family. It's all I ever think about when I hear the song now. Quickly, on 1937 State Park, is it xylophone ribs or riffs? I've never, I don't know. I think it's ribs, because it's like in those old okay. Mickey cartoons. Oh, okay, like, okay, okay. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Like, they play their ribs. I like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I hope that's what it is. I love that lyric. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Number eight. That's we, you, right? We have Rostam with Gravity Don't Pull Me. So mm-hmm. this, Rostam had a big year, Jake. He had a huge big, year. Big, big year. And it's represented in our top ten. Yes, it is. So, in spades. <laughs> yeah. So we, Rostam ends up saying, I'm leaving Vampire Weekend. He's, you know, he's doing it amicably. He's saying, I'll still produce things for them. I'll still work with them. But I want to strike out on my own. I want to do my own thing. His mission statement is Gravity Don't Pull Me. Mm-hmm. Really, really good song. He ends up collaborating with Hamilton Lighthouser of The Walkman. They put out an excellent album. Gravity Don't Pull Me, though, was that first great individual one-off track of the year, I thought. Yep. Um, I think this came out back in, must have been March around then. Um, it's, it's so Rostam. If you... Have listened to Vampire Weekend. If you've listened to any of his work that he's done with Ra Ra Riot or uh, Discovery, it's very Rostam. Yeah, he has a distinct sense of melody. You can tell the kind of stuff he's writing. Um, and I had a close call with this. I almost didn't rank it by mm. accident. Um, one of the many reasons I should invest in making a playlist early. But I had my list almost done and then I took a look at Sean's and I was like, whoops. That song needs to be very high for me. We ended up ranking it only one point apart. That's right. Um, and my favorite thing about this song is obviously the melody is super catchy. Rostam's voice sounds really nice. The production on it, though, is insane. And I love how it's basically a couple lyrical things over and over. It's like the, and the what is it, and the worst thing I ever did yep. uh, or I ever felt was for that same boy and whatever, that whole part. Um, and Rostam manipulates the chords under it in all kinds of different rhythms. And it keeps, like, there's the part where it, like, it pulsates right. in and out. There's parts where it's more flowing. And it just is a sort of journey through these different synthy riffs on the same chords. And I've always loved just all the different ways he manipulates his sounds on that. You know what I really like about this song is... So, so Rostam is gay. And mm. I like that he is integrating lyrics so openly about just, you know, like, that same boy. Yeah, you know? right, like right. He, You know, he's, he's singing... Or speaking about, you know, I'm, I'm assuming some sort of relationship, someone he had feelings for. Yeah. This is a theme we've seen on a few other songs this year. I think Tegan and Sarah is a great example yeah. on Boyfriend or yeah. even Be With You where, you know, they're singing to the same sex and they kind of play with 
what you would normally assume a pop song is talking about. And we see the same thing with Frank Ocean, where some of the lyrics are, um, you don't know who he's talking about. Like, for yeah. example, there's that line where you've got a roommate, um, or, or, or something about, like, you, you know, your roommate will hear us. He's like, it's only awkward if you're fucking him, too. Oh, right. But right. it's like, you don't know if that's a male or a female. Frank keeps it ambiguous. Very ambiguous. Rawson doesn't so much. Same, same line with that. It starts off um, our number 10 song, Self Control. I'll be the boyfriend in your wet dreams tonight. Like, yeah, that, right. that could go either way. You yeah, don't exactly. know what that's about. I like that we're starting to see a lot of this just become commonplace and kind of play with what you're normally used to hearing in a pop song. Yeah, it's awesome. And Rostam, I think, has long been um, a gay rights activist. Yeah. Not, not necessarily activist, but he doesn't shy away from That's anything. That's right, yeah. Yep. Um, which is really cool. Yep. Uh, number seven, um, we have Radiohead with True Love Waits. So this is the last song on a moonshaped pool um, ooh, my voice is cracking. Mm. You know, yeah, that's that, that's dude. Fun. That's what true love waits will do to you. Yeah, I'm just choking up over here. It's also a lack of podcasting over the few. Right. My voice is out of out of shape. I know. Um, this is one of the most beautiful songs Radiohead's ever put uh, put together. Uh, vocal performance, just lyrics, instrumentation, everything about it is like tailor made by a scientist to be sad and heartbreaking. This song. I honestly had to rank it a little lower because it's so heartbreakingly sad. I can't listen to it that much. Right. And for me, for my favorite, favorite songs, I need to be able to listen to them a ton. This one is, it's so good. It does its job so well. I almost, I have to set aside time and really focus on this song when I'm listening to yeah. it. If this is one that just comes up on my best songs of 2016 playlist, it's usually getting a skip for me because it's, hard to listen to. I gotta yeah. be like, no, this isn't the right time. I gotta I gotta be like alone. I gotta be like focused on it. You gotta be in a mood. You gotta light some candles in a dark room. Seriously. Um, no, you like honestly do. And yeah. you know, every time I listen to it, I get I do, I get goosebumps. Um this song if you wanna make yourself cry, yeah. Fucking put this song on. Yeah, I mean I'm getting close now. Yeah. When we talked about this album on our podcast about a Moonshade Pool Th- wrapping up with our discussion of this song slash the discussion of is this the end of Radiohead I remember getting it was the closest I've ever come to crying on the pod it, which is not that close but I was like <laughs> right. which I was like I had the tiny bit of a feeling behind my eyes I was like this is an emotional yeah. statement they made yeah. um, that did not de- um, deter me from making it my third favorite song of the year on my list um, you know I just think what what Radiohead they know what they do well Tom York, his voice is haunting as all hell. It's beautiful when he sings it in that falsetto. And this is a song where they just went for just straight up beautiful, everything they can do to like all their prettiest sounds. And it, it like, it just, it kills you. It bowls you over if, if, if you like Radiohead. And I'm really happy that they decided to pull this out from the archives and to put this on an actual album because this lived for so long as a bootleg or as just on the live album right. um, that they came out with. I'm so happy they did a studio version of this for 2016. I really hope it's not the last of Radiohead, but if it is, what a way to go out. It really, really, really is. So number six... Absolutely ha- right, Boom. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Boom. Number six, we have Waves by Kanye West. So this is the highest ranking song that we have from the life of Pablo. Um, Chris Brown is featured... 
heavily on this song. It's basically it's basically a Chris Brown song. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say basically we have Waves by Chris Brown yeah. at number six, which is tough because he's such a piece. Because I shit. I legitimately hate Chris Brown. He's maybe one of my least favorite pop stars in existence right now. Which is tough, but he can sing. He can sing and he can fucking dance too. Oh my god, that boy can dance. <laughs> Kanye West is what I have to say about him though is he more than anything else has a knack for assembling talent, understanding what other people's strengths are yep. and putting those strengths to work in the best way possible and I think that's what he does here on Waves. He does it throughout the rest of his album um and the rest of, you know, his career he's been doing that. I think it's really coming to a head on a song like Waves though. And of course the sort of um, lasting story of this song might be that Chance the Rapper had to convince Kanye to put it on the album in the end. Um, Chance sort of, I think I wrote a blog about this when we had a blog, um, is the the hidden story on uh, Kanye's album because he has my favorite rap verse yeah. on a rap album by Kanye West from Ultra Light Beams, Beam. And he has the saving moment of getting waves uh, back into the track. Right, it was going to be cut for a while, and I remember Chance tweeting out, like, you know, had to save Waves or something like that. Like, yeah. And, yeah, for good reason. It's awesome. It's one of the best songs on there. And the worst part of the song is Kanye at the beginning. Yeah. He's like, step up in this bitch, like... I want to see if it fit, right? Yeah. Like, well, dude, it's like, Kanye, chill with that. His, his line is, and she's grabbing on my dick, like... She want to know if it'd fit right. Yeah, like, dude, relax. He's just, like, yelling it over this really nice beat. Otherwise, it's like, you know what? I just want to hear the waves part. <laughs> right, wait, yeah. Like, give me, honestly, like, four and a half minutes of just that hook. Yeah. I would listen to it on repeat. And, like, honestly, we still listen to this song on repeat. This was another staple of just get-togethers and parties where it waves was. would always be there. Because it's a ni- it has a nice flow and yeah. feel to it. It has, it's like... It, it's sort of a smooth sound. It's not like a, a, a typical jam or a typical banger, but it has very much a party feel to it yeah. while still maintaining like that kind of smooth production. Definitely. Um, love this song. Uh, number five. Ooh. Big change of pace with big this Big change of pace. Um, we have New Friends by Pine Grove. Yeah. Uh, a band that I was introduced to by big friend of the pod, Cam Boucher. That's right. Um Listen to this voice. And who I was introduced to by big friend of the pod, Jake, my co-host. Big friend of the pod, that guy. Um, Yeah, so uh, what this ended up being, this is on their new album, Cardinal, which I almost forgot the name of. Almost a year old at this point, too. Yeah, it feels like an album from last year. It came out in early February. Yeah. Um, Another thing I wrote about on the blog when we had a blog. That's right. right. It gave it a favorable review. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And this is the last track on the album. So my story with this is I knew this song and a few others from before the album came out. I had gotten into some of the songs off of Everything So Far, which was kind of like an anthology of all the songs they put together before. It's not really a proper album. Um, by Pine Grove. And so I liked this song a lot coming in, along with a few others. And I think it's just, I really like their move here because New Friends is probably the most energetic, straight up uh, happiest almost song on the record, and they conclude the album with it. Uh, so I, I just think it's maybe, I mean, I think I put it highest of my Pine Grove songs. Yeah, this um, this is my favorite song from this album on a on a 
album of many favorite songs. Ooh, it's high on your list. This actually was my fourth favorite song of the year. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. my fourth favorite song of the year. If I look back, this might end up being my most played song of the year, right. actually. Uh, just because of how early that album came out and how it was an immediate entry into that best of 2016 playlist. It ended up being a car ride song. It ended up being a party song. It ended up being kind of an everything song for the year. And it was one of those that everyone seemed to like. All of our friends seemed to know it and like it. And whenever it was on, people were like, okay, that's A-OK by me. I love that song. I love the lyrics on this. I love the energy on this. I love how it builds. I love when it gets to that point when it's, and it's summer and I'm still in love with her Mm -hmm. part. Um, Just... A lot about this song stuck with me throughout the year. And oh, that's interesting. Is it end it summer or is it end of summer? I could go either way. Okay, I wasn't uh, sure. Either way, I'm not totally sure either. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good example of something where take the lyrics however you right. perceive them. Yeah. A um, lot about this song that will just emotionally resonate with me for a long time. And yeah. that's why it ended up being so high for me. And th- this has great lyrical moments of like my favorite type of lyrics, which is like, for, for example... What's the worst that could happen? Yep. He sings that. That's kind of a refrain in the song. It's just a phrase. And it makes sense in the context of the song. But it, even if you just didn't hear the rest of the lyrics and you just heard that part with the way the song sounds, the way his voice sounds, it's a really... Um, it, it works really well for the song. It suits the song really well. And I've always loved that lyric specifically because that's where the song really builds. Where he yeah. sort of screams yeah. that out. Yeah, I do. I love that part too, where she, he literally just screams. He goes, ah! Yeah, you're right. That, that like, part's that's, great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's another part of this song too, and it's, I'm trying to remember the lyrics right now, where it's something Steve's about like, I, I, I fucked up. And like, oh, oh I, I like my old ones, but I fucked up. Yeah. So I'll start again. Yeah, like this song's literally about like, you know, I might not have behaved the best way with my old group of friends, but. And I and I acknowledge that, but I'm gonna try and make the best of it, and you know, make some new friends. That's literally what this song's about, and yeah. I love it. And I think when um, Evan from this band, the lead singer, was interviewed about it, he was saying like, "This is a song about if you've been in a relationship with someone and you've neglected your friends, and that now that relationship's over, it's about figuring out, okay, what do I do now, and yeah. who are my friends gonna be? Because you know." I didn't cultivate that relationship with my old friends. Right, it's about, and you have to value those relationships. It's a big learning experience it for is. a lot of people yeah. in, a, in a, one of their first serious relationships. Definitely. Yeah. We're moving on. Number four, we have Hamilton, Lighthouser, and Rostam a thousand times. Which is written like it's pronounced a one thousand. <laughs> yeah, and this was, when this song first came out, this was the first single from uh, I Had a Dream That You Were Mine. Um, I was really confused when I first read this. I was like, wait, wait, it's a 1,000 times? Like, no, it's just, it's a 1,000 a times. Like they say in the lyrics. Yeah, uh, so this, like I said, was the first single from this album. And this is when I first knew that we were going to get something special out of this Hamilton and Rostam collaboration. Because you have Hamilton's voice, which is maybe one of the best rock voices going right now. And you have Rostam's production and his knack for just putting together these great sounding songs. When you put the two of them together, you get the genius that is a thousand times. And what's awesome on this is you have the early part, um, and I love how much they did this with with Hamilton throughout the album, because it starts off, I had a dream, he sings it that way. And then pretty soon into the song, the drums kick in, he's, ah! (laughs) 
half mile. Yes. Like that part where he yep. really goes into his yep. like screech slash scream. And it, hearing that as the first indicator of what we were getting with this album was really promising. Um, and it's just remained one of my favorite songs to hear. I, I'll never turn down hearing it. No. Like if it comes on, I always want to listen to this yes. song. And that's yes. a great indicator of like it should be high up on a list. Absolutely. And that, that, that was one of the big things for me. It ended up being, I think, my seventh or eighth favorite song of the yeah. year uh some, some somewhere around there for me it's like 10th or 11th and uh it was one of those ones that i always wanted to listen to uh i i love the story behind this i think i remember reading that rostam he's like i really wanted to push hamilton and his vocals i wanted him to get him to really go for it like yeah. he had never done it before and that's what you get on a thousand times i think that's a great example of rostam really pushing him to go to a place where Honestly, I think this is Hamilton's best vocal performance ever, better than anything he's done with the Walkman. Yeah, it's 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 definitely up there, and the only contender I would say might reach it, we haven't gotten to yet, That's and right. we will get to, and That's I'll right. explain it then. <laughs> That's right. Um, do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Number three. Number three, I'm pleased to announce, <laughs> yep. is No Woman by Whitney. This was my second favorite song of the year. Um, really only barely got edged out by Black Star. Because um, those are such different songs, it's like, how do you even pick between them? But No Woman, uh, the first track on Whitney's album, their first album, uh, that came out this year, this has been, as a record, it's just stayed really high for me. Mm -hmm. um, it came out near the middle of the year, so in our mid-year rankings, it was like, I don't remember if I'd really ranked it yet. It was like kind of high, but not quite. Right. As the year's gone on, it's only strengthened its hold. And this song is the perfect embodiment of what it stands for. It has the awesome falsetto vocals they do, the incredible sort of 70s rock vibes that they lay down with the guitars, and my favorite guitar riff from the whole thing. There's this nice little guitar run that runs through the whole thing, um, and it just, this is like, if you can kick an album off with the right song, you can really go a long way, especially for me. I have long been a big fan of first songs on albums. And this is an example of one that has remained my favorite on the album and one of my favorites of the year. This is up there for me as well. Uh, this is my favorite song on that record by Whitney. I love the music video for this song, Jake. It's great. It's the band and some of their friends just out in this cabin in the woods. And it's this foggy like vibe about it where it's like you can tell it's cold out. You, you can't tell if it's spring or if it's fall. Yeah. And what I love about this album and this song in particular is it works so well as a hazy summer song. It also works well as, as like a starting to be chilly fall song. And that's what they get across on that music video that I like so much is it, it kind of works either way on that. Like they're really showing kind of this colder feel to it, but it has that warm, those warm guitar tones as well. And I almost forgot to mention the horns, yes. which play such a strong role yeah. On all of Light Upon the Lake. That's the name of the album, right? Yes. I almost forgot the name yeah. of the record. Um, and they're great on this song, too. It's one of my favorite. So it just it comes together to be one of the strongest songs on the album. Um, and again, it just as you're getting into this this album, it, not many bands sound like this now no. at all. And so this works as, I mean, you've used this term tonight thesis statement mm. of like what the album's mm -hmm. gonna be and you're like mm -hmm. okay there's no misconceptions about what this Whitney album's gonna be no and I remember first listening to this and in, in this, this album and this is the opener on it and I heard it and I was like you know what if nothing else 
this song's awesome and is going to stick with me. Turns out the rest of the album's great, it too. It doesn't relent, like, once. But th- this, this is the highlight on it, for sure. I agree. For and sure. that's why it was, you know what? It was, like, right down to the last minute deciding, is this or is Black Star my favorite song of the year? I gave Bowie the ever-so-slight nod. but If Bowie doesn't die, is Black Star your favorite song? Um, well, you know what? That's an interesting question because I think with Black Star, it was like covered differently as yeah. a result of it. And I think you, with a lot of artists in a lot of situations, I think you could take that out and make a legitimate argument that it shouldn't be. With Black Star, as an album and as a song, the art was inextricably linked from his death. Like he. Or with his death, rather. he It wasn't a situation where he died unexpectedly after and the music is unrelated. It was like this swan song statement and then he died and it was all about death. It was kind right. of like a send-off, like a big, beautiful sort of gesture by Bowie. So I, I don't know. It's hard. To, I can't imagine that song without him dying Right, is sort of how I right. see it. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question to be sure. Uh, coming in at number two is Blood Orange, Best to You. This is featuring a vocal performance, a very good vocal performance from Empress Of. Um, so Blood Orange, this album and, and is just... I don't even know how to describe it, to be honest with you. Wild. It, it's, uh, yeah. It's it's like a, kind of like a soul album. Yeah. It's like soul or R&B. Um, and my impression of Dev Hines, who is Blood Orange... I assumed he was a rapper. He's not really at all. No. I didn't listen to Old Blood Orange, but it, was he kind of a rock artist before this? I actually don't know too much. I've heard some Blood Orange before. I've heard um, like Never Good Enough before. That's a great song. I, I don't know too much about him until I listen to this. This album feels like the R&B response to, to, to Pimp a Butterfly in a way. There's a lot of discussion about the same themes that Kendrick is talking about on his album. Not this song in particular. This is kind of just a love song. Yeah. Throughout the this entire song, Empress of... It's a weird name to say with a possessive. I was going to be like, Empress of's vocal performance. <laughs> right. It's haunting. Right from the very beginning, she comes with that... Call it off. Yeah. That whole thing. like It's like just sort of on her voice. And he does a really good job of keeping the production tight and tasteful and very minimal under her voice until it builds. Yep. And it builds under her and it builds until that awesome climax. Yes. Um, the I'm just someone you could give away or whatever she said. What it, it, I don't even know the lyrics. It's just like it if you've heard this song, you know. It's like like Yeah, yeah, that whole part. Yeah. Um the 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 refrain is the away, away, away Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh Obviously, it's our second favorite song of the year, so it sounds better than what we just did. Yeah, we're botching that. We're like, if you haven't heard this, you're like, wow, this song sounds terrible. Here's an FYI for the listeners: uh, neither of us are Empress of. <laughs> just an FYI, in case you didn't know, this isn't the Empress of podcast. God bless you if you got through this much. <laughs> you thought it was thinking that we were. This was like the Empress of music podcast. We're not her, um, but. Thank God that she is on this song because uh, it seems like uh, Dev Hines is kind of like 
a Kanye type of situation where mm. he knows how to curate talent yep. and use it to the... I remember you saying when we talked about this album, this was one of the first albums we talked about in the new house, by the That's way. That's right. Big shout to the house, big friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, we talked about this album... And you were saying that he, as a writer, likes writing for female voices. Yes. Likes writing for women. Um, and this is one where that really comes through. And I, it took me sort of several listens to realize the lyrics are kind of a dialogue. Yeah. It's almost like that song, Nothing Better, on Postal Service, except um, Dev's vocals are really low. Real low. He's just kind of like mumbling. Mm-hmm. And she's very prominent in the mix. Um, yeah, I really love everything about this song. And honestly, there's something weird about Freetown Sound where... It's kind of like um, uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean where you listen to the album and it kind of comes and it's on and it's all enjoyable and then it ends and you're like, but what are the songs that, like yes. what were the moments and you have to take the time to look at what are some of the actual songs. This is one, another is EVP yes. on that album that is really, yes. really has this sort of funky jam to it. Endless might actually be a better example by Frank, where it's like it's sort of a run through. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, and you got to be like, wait, what is the actual takeaway from this? What are the actual individual songs? Yeah, it's hard yeah. to know. No, I totally agree with and that. And it took you adding this to your best of the year playlist. Um, the fact that it's this high on mine is a credit to you because yeah. you had it on your playlist and would always play it. And it, it honestly took me hearing it out of context a few times to realize, oh, like that's a total gem yep. in a really good album, but yep. out of context, that song stands out. I, I have an interesting experience with this. And for reference, this is my second favorite song of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I We had just moved into this house. Um, emotionally, I don't want to say emotionally turbulent, but you know, like there's a lot of emotions that go on when you've moved into a new spot coupled with other things that might be going on in your life. This song was one that I listened to a lot. It was it's interestingly enough, this song, that Tiger's Jaw album, yes. and Wolf Parade yeah. were the three combos of things that I was listening to a lot in July. Yeah. And the Camp, Tiger's and, Jaw album. And Camp Cope, actually. Yes. Those all of those things I listened to, that was basically summed up July for me. This song in particular was just a big one for me and really hit me in the right time, the right place. Um, it stayed with me throughout the rest of the year. And I remember just always going back to it being like, you know what, this song, there's something about it. It's it's really well done. It is emotionally resonant with me. And it ended up ranking number two overall. There's something to be said about writing a song, and I don't know exactly what the process was, but understanding what kind of voice you need to pull it off mm. and who you need. Because like... He could have written this and just sang it yep. if he wanted. It would not have had the same effect. No. If, if no. he or even another male or even another female That's performer right. sings it. Like, I can't imagine this with another voice behind the, the sort of the reins, so no. to speak. No, I can't either. I Hard can't to imagine. Either. We're wanna, number one. You want to announce our number one song, Jake? I do. It, it, yeah. Um, at number one, we have... Hamilton and Rostam again. That's right. Our with, third, Our third appearance on our top 50. Um, and our fourth for Rossum. That's right. Uh, in a blackout. In a blackout. This came out number one. Really quick comment for me, and then I'll I'll give you the the stage because this was your number one song. This of the is year. my favorite song of the year. Uh, this was in my top ten. I think it was my seventh or eighth. Um, and this song and a thousand times on my list, up until like a day ago, were switched. Mm. I had a thousand times higher, and the more I thought about it. I realized that In a Blackout was the song that resonates more with me and is it's 
both are amazing songs, and on a given day, I might be more in the mood for another, but I realized that In a Blackout is my favorite thing they did on this. The nylon string strum guitars, yeah. and Hamilton's vocal performance is incredible yeah. on this song. It's haunting. It's incredible. And what are your thoughts? So, similar to me, I, I always thought, I was like, a thousand times, is nothing can beat that as my favorite song in this album. And I started listening to... Uh, and I started listening to that record more, yep. and this song just started growing on me. And you know, the vocals, the lyrics, those nylon finger picked guitars got to me and just earworm to the max. And this ended up being maybe one of my most listened to songs of the year. Um, really interesting is Rostam specifically said he's like, We wanted to do a Leonard Cohen style. Song that's really interesting. I wanted to do the nylon finger picked guitars, I think they have a really interesting sound to them that no one really uses or does. So, I wanted to do that on this song. And it's interesting that that was the case in the year that Leonard Cohen ended up dying, yeah. Um, kind of an homage to him a couple months before he ended up passing. With this song, oh, did you have another? No, go ahead. Um, it's interesting because when I hear it now, it's so immediate. And it has been for so long that I, it's easy for me to forget that when it came out, it's not the case. It yeah. took. It was a grower. It was, which is big weird. Time. It was a grower where I was like, okay, it's good. I was like, it's not. It's no a thousand times, yeah. but it's good. <laughs> like just the dramatic irony of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's no number one song of the year on our <laughs> right. list after right. we aggregate our scores, but it's something. <laughs> no, but it, it was. Uh, yeah, I was like, this is really good. I'm excited for the album. Right. I didn't think like. I didn't realize how much I liked the song until probably 10 listens. It yeah, really it started to work its way over me. The other thing I wanted to say is that when we were talking three ranking slots ago on a thousand times about Hamilton's vocal performance being the best, I think the only thing that I might pick over what he does there is when he really starts to pick it up in this song and yep. the speeding yellow cab part oh my god is yeah. beautiful it's like a yeah. mix between him really pushing it and falsetto yes and it's gorgeous it, it it's by it's like my favorite part on the album my favorite part in this song and it's one of my favorite musical moments of the year and it's why this song ranks as number 1 for me is that speeding yellow cab i i love it it's it's the now you're sleeping in the back of a speeding the way he Enunciates and, and lengthens speed, okay. and it's like he's yelling one. "yellow cab." It's like his voice is hoarse and he's running out of breath. Yeah, the way he's saying "yellow cab" because he's killing it. He's really pushing it on this vocal performance. Yep. Um, I, I like how it takes until verse three for this to really pick up too, and it starts to. It's the midnight. Where yeah. we used to dance yeah. party, like okay, oh, what do you, what do you, what are you up to, Hamilton? What's, what's going on? What's, what's happening? happening at midnight? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it really starts to because that's the first time he he kind of kicks it up a notch on this song. This song has a vibe of it. I actually am saying this independent of Leonard Cohen, but it's interesting that you say that because it has the vibe of like an old storytelling song. Yeah, yeah. It, like it has the finger pick guitar and like that very folky sort of sound. And like yeah, it picks up as it goes. The intensity grows. It starts off as not much in terms of like how loud it is, the dynamics of the song, and it picks up by the end to this very moving and uh, just elevated performance vocally. Um, it's hard. I hard to say enough about this song, and it, it has 
it's it's really a testament to it because it grew on me a lot. Me too. I, it, it really was, grew on me. It was me the same the for me, and it, it took until the last maybe month or so for for it to solidify itself as one of my favorite songs of the year. And I just remember whenever it whenever it comes on, you know, in the car, putting on that best of twenty sixteen playlist, this was always something whenever it came on, I always wanted to listen to. And for me, one of the big um indicators of a favorite song of the year is were you able to just listen to it no matter what in any situation did it resonate with you this one did and that's why it ended up being my favorite yeah and i I mean for similar reasons it makes my top 10 um it's really an amazing song and and i think that's a a good way to it's a it's a hell of a way to wrap up our top 50 songs of of this year um and yeah what a year it has been in songs Big big year, big year in music in I'm general. I'm wiped out, man. I, yeah, it's I. You know, I want to go back. I want to listen to some of these right now. Yeah, I, I want to run it back. Yeah, but that was that's a lot, and it you know it feels good to to talk through some of those. Songs. It does, it does. So, like I said before, we have a playlist of these on Spotify called the Top Fifty Songs of 2016 by the Listening Podcast. So just search for Listening Podcast. That should come up. We will be sharing it out over Twitter as well. We'll share out a, a written list of this over Twitter. Um, and we'll be back next week with our top 50 albums of 2016. So stay tuned for that. Mm, I got some ranking to do. Me too. Yeah, this is going to be another week of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're putting in work for you <laughs> We'll leave you with that hot beat. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Recording. Ooh, feels good to be back. Feels feels so good. Feels good to be back. Ooh, quick sip of water. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there was such a small amount of liquid that got down your throat for that type of reaction. It sounded like it probably sounded like I drank this much water. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. gesturing doesn't do anything for listeners. No. What's up, Prime Team? Preem Team, in the cut. How's it hanging, man? It's been almost a year of Preem Team. Preem Team, I guess, collectively is a man, because I just said man to Preem Team. Ooh, that's, little that's, bit, a, that's a slap in the face to the female Preem Team listeners. Just a little sexist. The Preem Preem Team. Are, are they the Preem Preem Team? Yeah. Because honestly, if you think about who the two Preem Preem Team listeners are, it's probably like your girlfriend, my girlfriend. That's probably about it. Do we have any other female listeners? We have one who wrote us a review. Uh, yeah. Danielle the Great. Danielle the Great, indeed, yeah. Big shout to you, Danielle, if you're yeah. out there. I, I don't know if you're uh, like a bot or if you're like <laughs> one of our male friends with an alias, but thanks <laughs> yeah. for listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably not a lot of other female listeners, but that's okay. It's We're right. going to get there. You know what? The You know what? I think once 2017 rolls around... We're going to see some some growth. We're going to see some podcast growth. I hope so. I mean, if people enjoyed this episode, yeah. here's another quick reminder to throw us a review on iTunes. Yeah, throw us a review if you liked what you heard. Yeah. Put Give- review. You know what? No. You know what I think for us is going to be more helpful than a Twitter. review is 
word of mouth, just tell a music friend that you like, hey, I listen to this podcast. They talk about things I'm into that we're into. Check it out. Yeah, that, it, I think that's going to be the thing that helps us the most right now is just word of mouth. Let a friend know. Just you, one friend, family member, whatever. In your description, use a lot of superlatives. Talk about how it's the best, the greatest. Yep. You know. Uh, Funniest. Yeah, just the just the best, most sounding, intelligent, best sounding voices. Yeah, you know whatever yeah. you have to do to get get those listeners in. Just hey, tell- that was an unintentional pun. Listeners in, listen Ooh. to the podcast. There we go. Yeah, just uh, maybe we don't even record an episode tonight. I feel like that <laughs> was call it a fucking night. I don't know if I'm gonna do better than that. <laughs> no, just tell. Please tell one friend, even to the longtime listeners that that have been with us for a while. You know, there's someone out there who doesn't listen that you yeah. know would enjoy this. You know, it's the season of giving. Come on. And and you can give the gift of free podcasts. You know what maybe music. we do, Jake, is we host a telethon. How would us. that how would that go down? We do a telethon, we tell the listeners to call in and we talk to them and and we beg and we say, "Hey, please let someone you know know." About us. Can we do anything in terms of Christmas gifts for our listeners? I don't uh, think we're, we have well, we, we did the sticker thing. That, that, took, that, 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 <laughs> that, that was, was a lot of effort for us. We had to like use use the mail system. Oh, it wasn't that much effort because we had to do it twice. <laughs> so it was not a lot of effort. We gave a lot of people stickers in person, though. So that, that happened. And by a lot, no, I mean like four. No postage required for that. That's right. That's the key to knowing. Uncle Sam's not getting our money that, for his stamps. <laughs> no Liberty Bell stamps being bought by us. Uh, no, I think maybe we can do. Maybe let's tell you what. Let's put a pin in this, Jake. Okay. We'll, we'll come, circle back on this. We'll circle back. We'll yep. do a high level overview yep. of different things that we can do for Christmas. And tell you what, when people are back from the holidays, we'll, that's when we'll do. Our that's deep when dive. we'll dive in. That's, that's when, when we'll, we'll do a deep dive. We'll do a deep dive. Really get into the weeds. That's on this. you know what. Uh, you know what I would like to do. What's that? Is could you give me an LOE on what it's gonna do? What it's gonna mean to to do Christmas gifts for listeners? I would love to do that. One question. Yeah. What's an LOE? <laughs> See, I had the same question for my project manager who sent me an email. He goes, Sean, yeah, just let me know what the LOE on this is. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh. L- um. Latest. I don't know. I can't. No. Guess. I I had to go back to. I had to be like, hey man, like this might be stupid, but. What the hell does LOE mean? And he's like, oh, Sean, you have so much to learn. I was like, mm, what the fuck does it mean? It's level of effort. That, What's the level of effort? How, like, how many hours is it You know take? what the LOE was on typing LOE? <laughs> Way more than it should have been. Yes. Because of, more than zero. Because you, did, yeah. you didn't know what it was. Yeah. It's like in uh, The Office when Charles Minor asked Jim for uh, <laughs> For the rundown. For the rundown. He's like, I'm working on that rundown. Working on that rundown. Shouldn't be taking you that long, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, no. He's like, I hope you're not spending a lot of time on this. It's like, oh, no, no, no. No, that's uh, that's work life though. That's what happens. It is. We'll figure out what the LOE is. We, for what Christmas we need, gifts. Sean. What we need is some <laughs> podcast buzz speak. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe like the mic. I we'll have to think on this. We, we need some. We'll action. also put a pin in this. We need some cool actiony verbs. Okay. That that like are unnecessary because you could easily use a shorter or equal length verb. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll come up with something. Uh, before we dive in, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I, I feel the energy. The room's crackling right now. It is, yeah. Mostly it's, because it's... we lit that fire. <laughs> Dude, okay, by the, really quickly, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I saw Moonlight recently. 
Good flick. Awesome movie. So good. How was it as a flick? <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as a flick. I'd call it as like a fucking film. Okay. Okay. Uh, really, really good. Flick. I would highly recommend it to anybody. But you saying fire reminded me of a really funny line. There's this one scene where the protagonist Spoiler is, alert. is sitting on the on the beach with his friend, and um, the protagonist has never really like smoked weed before or whatever. So he's sitting on the beach, and uh, the black the the kid on the on the has the blunt, and he's like, he's talk he's talking about uh, he's like, yo, you like those waves out there? He's and the and the guy's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I do. He's like, I'm about to introduce you to this fire, <laughs> and he's talking <laughs> about like the blunt. Like I'm paraphrasing. That's probably not the exact word, but like, really funny way to describe it. That reminded me of it. Everyone go see Moonlight. Exact dialogue right there yeah, from, from I'm the about movie. About to introduce Moonlight. you to this fire. Moonlight, the official sponsor of the listening podcast. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. This is exciting. Yeah. We're back. Yeah. 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 And uh, end of the year. Yeah. Oscar buzz is out and about. That's, that's Doesn't right. affect what we do on this show. No. But, but it's worth a mention. That's right. That's right. You want to dive in? Yeah, I do. This is nerve right. Like you said earlier, it's been it's, it's we've been, a few been weeks. two weeks off, but it's been three weeks since we last recorded. True. True. Since we recorded our golden anniversary That's episode. That's right. Golden we were shower. Bathed in gold. That's paint. right. That's right. right Actually, let's... let me look real quick. I want to make sure we're on the right episode number. Do you know what it is off the top of your head? 51. This is 51. We never did anything past 50. Okay. Okay. Should we do you want me to check? Real I'm gonna, I got it right now. Okay. Yeah, you're right. This this is 51. Episode 51. Okay. okay. Good to know. So we're going to close the year out on 53. Yeah. So, did more pods than there were weeks in the year. So, not a huge deal, not but we... A, not we, a big deal. No, but we kind of put in work for we, our listeners. Work, 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 work. Okay, we good? <laughs> Just laying down beats here. Alright, let's, let's dive in. Okay. Three, two, one.